Shvishal Pesach is the last stage of Tzizim Tzayim. Maybe it's a time to look back and understand all the various stages that there were which led to the Gola. And as we know, it's not just learning history. It's really a prototype for us because we know that the future Gola from Sun ben Henry Aveno will parallel in many ways the God of Mitzrayim. So let's look back to the Haggadah to see where the process began. It began at the darkest point of the Shibud of Mitzrayim when we were suffering the brunt of the affliction of the Egyptians. And the first step was the first step was to cry out to Hashem. And the Pasuk says, when HaKadosh Baruch hearing our cry, when Hashem hears our cry, it says, and Hashem remembers the covenant with Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov. Why was that necessary? So it seems like at that stage the Jewish people didn't have the schusim. They didn't have the merits that we deserve to be saved. And therefore HaKadosh Baruch had to look beyond. He had to look to the others to find us the merits. But HaKadosh Baruch reacts to Tfilah. We daven, we're in pain, we cry out and Hashem responds to that. And Hashem saves us. But what was the reason we were crying out? We were crying out because we were impressed. We were crying out because we were suffering. And when we cry out, we were suffering. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds and He takes away the suffering. And we know for a full year before they came out of the train, as soon as the Makkahs began, then the Jews were no longer suffering persecution. They were no longer being oppressed. And at that stage, the Jews could have sat back and felt, okay, we, we, we were enslaved, we were suffering. We davened, we were answered, we no longer suffered. Everything's okay. That's not the end of the Gola. That's only the first step. And if that's where we're going to remain, we're going to be satisfied with the fact that we've gone back to the life we used to. We've gone back to a comfortable existence where we're not suffering. And we don't go further than that then really, we're no better than Para himself. Because that's exactly what Para did. Each time a Makkah struck, and each time Para felt the brunt of the punishment, and each time Para cried out to Moshe in pain and in fear, take this Makkah away, take away this death. And he goes to say, 
will face the suffering Hashem at Tzadik. Please, Moshe, anything you want, just take away the suffering. Be it the wild animals, be it the locusts, the hail, whatever it might have been. And as soon as the Makkah ends, like the Pasuk says, he was no longer subject to punishment, he was no longer feeling the pain, then Parah goes back to what Parah was. And the obvious lesson for Parah was, Parah, what were you thinking? That these Makkahs just came randomly? And now that Moshe Davins and the Makkah got taken away, nothing's going to happen. Para, don't you understand that there was a reason for the Makkah? And if that's the case, if you're not going to think to what the reason was and try and correct it, there's just going to be another Makkah. But Para doesn't understand that. And that's why he gets hit with one, hits with, with one Makkah after the next. It was a lesson to Pari which was lost. But it was a lesson to the Jewish people too. Jewish people, you also cried out when you were being afflicted in Mitzrayim. You also dove in to take away the pain. And then, now that the affliction has been taken away, now that you're not facing persecution, are you satisfied to go back to being Happy Egyptian citizens. Jewish people, don't you also realize that if you were given a Mecca, there was a reason for it? Aren't you going to learn from Paris' oft-repeated mistake not to make the same mistake yourselves? And the tragedy is that a vast majority of the Jewish people didn't learn. They were like Parah. Now that they weren't being persecuted anymore, they no longer had the torture of slavery, they wanted to stay in Egypt. They wanted to remain within the culture of Mitzrayim as they had been before the slavery started. And Hashem waits for them to learn the lesson. He's showing Parah and showing them vicariously at the same time. Makkah after Makkah. Until eventually after nine Makkahs. Those Jews who were content to go back to being Mitzrayim were satisfied that they were no longer enslaved, that there's nothing further that they were trying to do. They remained in Egypt. They died there and they were buried there during the days of the darkness. And that's why God has to go to a second stage. And that's the stage which we came to on the night of Pesach on the 15th of Nisan. And the second stage is, are we willing to listen to Hashem? HaKadosh Baruch Hu responded to us by taking away the suffering but now what's expected? Are we willing to listen to him? And that was what Moshe told the Jewish people. You want to come out of Mitzrayim? 
Rishmina and Korban Pesach. And when we Klai Yisrael Shad, we were willing to listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Then we are Zaychot to the second step. We are taken out of Mitzrayim. And here also let's be directed by the Balagodah. And he tells us in the Pasuk, Vavayti v'eris Mitzrayim alay l'vazeh. And on that, the Baragod explains to us, Which means, the Gorda from Mitzrayim was brought about by Hashem. Not a Malach, not a Saraf. And if you would wonder, what's the difference between when Hashem saves Himself directly or when HaKadosh Baruch Hu acts through the agency of a Saraf or a Malach? And the answer is, it's a question of what the Jewish people deserve. When we are in a high enough level, we deserve that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Himself Kaviyachu will be the one to be involved in saving us. When we're not on that same high level, so that Kaddish Baruch, if he's going to bring a Yeshua, will do it through an emissary, through a Malach, through a Sarf, but not directly. We see this in the Midbar. At the beginning, when the Jewish people were on a higher level, HaKadosh Baruch himself led them. And Hashem, Hashem traveled ahead of them to lead them. And after the Egel Azov, when they lost that level, so then Hashem says to them, I'm going to lead you through the agency of a Malach. You didn't deserve a Kodesh Baruch Hu's direct involvement. Direct Hashkoch and Tawid Hashem. So that means when it came to Yisrael Mitzrayim, Klai Yisrael deserved that Hashem to save them Himself. Even though when we began the process, we cried out, we didn't have this chosin. Hashem had to look to the others, but Klai Yisrael had developed and changed. And they had learned the lesson in Mitzrayim. And they were now at the point where they were willing to accept, to listen to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them, and therefore they deserve to be saved. In comparison to Parah, who never learned. They never wanted to do what Hashem told them to do. We were now better than Parah. And we were freed from Mitzrayim. But now there's a third stage. The one we celebrate in Shvish al Let's think for a moment for the position of the Jewish people. They had come out of Mitzrayim they were still celebrating. It was just a few days later. And suddenly they look back and they see the entire Egyptian army bearing down on them with swords outstretched, intent on killing them or capturing them again. And obviously besides the immediate physical danger of being confronted with an army bent on destroying them, the obvious question they must have been asking themselves is what happened? We came out of Mitzrayim. Hashem freed us. 
Why are we suddenly at risk of being recaptured or even killed? What did they think spiritually was happening? They had been redeemed from Egypt. So why were they now being threatened by being brought back again? And if that's the drama which is playing out here in the world, Hazal tell us there was a similar drama being enacted in Shemayim. And Hazal tell us that the Malach of Mitzrayim, as you know, each nation has Tsar, has this Malach, its spiritual force in Shemayim. The Tsar of Mitzrayim came to Hashem. And the Tsar of Mitzrayim says to Hashem, Hashem, why are you going to save the Jews and destroy the Egyptians? They don't deserve it. You also have to ask the question, why don't they deserve it? In Mitzrayim they did deserve it. They listened to Hashem, Parah didn't. So why now does the the Tsar of Mitzrayim come with complaints? If the Jewish people are also sinful, they don't deserve to be saved. We had tried to listen to Hashem, we accept His mitzvahs. That was the reason we deserved to be saved in El Pesach. We're not aware of any Avera we have done since then. So why was this brought back into the question? So to answer that, I want to digress a second. Everybody knows the famous quotations from Chazal. And when Chazal wanted to say, talk about something which is difficult for Hashem, it's Koshek Akriyas Yamsuf. It's as difficult as splitting the sea. In one place, Chazal say that Zivuga Shaladim, for a person to find the Shirech, the husband of their wife, is Koshek Akriyas Yamsuf. The Gemara in Sotoch, if it's holding it now, the Gemara in Sotoch says, that's not talking about a first marriage, it's talking about a second marriage. Similarly, the Gemara says, Mizaynosif Shavadam. The person's parnos is Koshek Akriyas Yamsa. This is difficult to split in the sea. And I have a question. And I'm going to ask all of you if you have an answer for What does it mean that something's difficult for Hashem. Hashem is all-powerful. Hashem is kol yachal. What makes it difficult for Him? There's something which is easier for Hashem, and this is something which is harder for Him. How does it make sense? What's the scale of difficulty that for Hashem something is more or less difficult than Hashem can do everything? It's a good question. So listen to the answer. And that is, what makes something difficult for Hashem isn't the magnitude of the nest. HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't bound by any physical limitation. He can change the world in a second. <coughs> and as a proof to that, the Nisib of Harsina, the Nisib when we got the Torah, were maybe more dynamic, maybe more dramatic than the Nisim of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, or of Kriyasi Yamsi. And I'm not aware anywhere where it talks about Maimar Asim being kasha for Hashem. Making miracles isn't hard for What's called kasha, what's called difficult, so to speak, 
Hashem says it's difficult. Is to change the system of the best in Shamana. If there's a way something's meant to be done based on the rules, Hashem set up in the world. And the basin Shlomayla, which is a spiritual body, basin has rules is a certain way that things are meant to be run. Hashem can overrule that also. But that's kosher. That's more difficult because that means Hashem is changing, so to speak, the system He created. So for example, when the Gemara says that a person's first marriage is the term before they're born, that's not kosher kikriyas yamsah. That's the way Hashem intended it to be. But when the Gemara talks about a second marriage, in the case of the person who didn't marry the Zivuk, and now Hashem has to reorganize people. Maybe a person's first spouse has to die, whatever the case might be, for him to marry the person Hashem wants him to marry. So that's kosher. That's causing one person, so to speak, to have to be to, to change the system in Shemaim and cause one person to suffer for the benefit of the other person that Hashem wants to help, that's kosher. Similarly, when it comes to Parnassim, the Derech Hashem doesn't create money. To support one person, the money comes from someone else. And therefore, to decide who to take it away from in order to give it to this person, that's kosher. And if that's the case, what makes Kriyat Yamsuf kosher means that in some way the angel of Egypt had a tana. The Basin Shamana accepted that. Why do the Egyptians deserve to get destroyed so the Jewish people should get saved? And here we have the same question as before. The Egyptians were so good, the Egyptians deserved it. What schus did they have? What merits could they have been brought for their, by their angel that they shouldn't have been destroyed? And here we learn a big principle. Let's look what the Pasuk tells us. What the Pasuk tells us about when the Egyptians raced up after the Jews in pursuit, and the Pasuk says, Para gathered all his people. And he says, Mazer Sassino, what did we do by letting the Jewish people go? And they gather the remaining cavalry, the horses that they still have, the chariots, and they race off to pursue the Jewish people. Upara Hikri. Pariah went ahead. Rashi says, what's normal for kings is not to be in the vanguard of the troops. Not to be in the first line of fighting. A king wouldn't risk his life like that. Normally the king stands at the back and watches and strategizes and sends soldiers into the, into the battle. And here Paris said, Mitzrim, you scared to fight after what you went through? I'm going first. I'm going to lead the charge. 
Let's put a new element into this into the spiritual balance. Mysterious nefesh. It might have been for a bad cause. It might have been as the Russian. But Pharaoh was willing to be Moses Nefesh. Pharaoh was willing to sacrifice himself. He was willing to put himself into danger. And one of the rules of Shemaim is that Mysterious Nefesh has a prayer. Even if it's Mysterious Nefesh for a wrong thing. Let me give you an example. There's a cipher called Sedra Daris from the Rishayna who speaks about the tragedy that the European community suffered during the First Crusade. Communities which have flourished and, success, and been successful for about a thousand years since the time of the Khorban were destroyed, pillaged, people were killed in one time after the next, the whole of southern Germany in France. We're talking about Sadiq, we're talking about the Jinnabali Atosis. And he discusses whether the Jewish people do wrong, that they deserve this terrible punishment. Listen to what he says. And this is historically true as well. Because when the Pope of the time, Yimach called on all Christians to take arms and leave their hometowns and march across the world and liberate Yerushalayim, it was then held by the Arabs. And tens of thousands of Christians throughout Europe listened and dropped whatever they were doing, left their families, their businesses, risked themselves to go to war and march on Yerushalayim. And so that created a tremendous kitrug in Shemayim. They, the Goyim, were willing to give up everything to march back to Yerushalayim. They wanted to be Moise Nefesh for Yerushalayim, Klai Yisraelim. What about you? You happily settled in these Goyish countries. You're not willing to get up and move to Yerushalayim. And that created an accusation in Shemayim. Not because they were doing it for the right reasons. But because Messias Nefesh is a Koyach. And it has to be matched. And therefore, Pyro was still the part of the Russia. And his intention was still to go to bring back the Jewish slaves. But now Pyro brought a new element into the picture. He was willing to be Moses Nefesh. And the claim in Shemayim is, it's true the Jewish people had listened to Hashem to come out of Mitzrayim. But they listened because they were promised that this is the way you're coming out of Mitzrayim. They listened because they understood that this is what's good for them. Where did they serve Messias Nefesh? What were they willing to sacrifice for Hashem? As much as Pharaoh is willing to sacrifice against them. That was the accusation. And that's how we see a tremendous point. Let's go back to the story. The Jewish people see the Mitzrayim bearing down on them. They can feel the earth shattering from the thundering footsteps of the horses. And what do they do? 
They go back to David. Vayitzachu b'nei Yisrael Hashem. We've already learned and we already know when we're facing suffering, Tfilah, that's the first step. To David to be saved. That's what they did. And Hashem's response to Moshe was, no, this isn't the time for davening. Because over here, it's not that you're being punished that you need to daven to be saved. Here is a different element at play. The game of being Moshe Nefesh. And what's going to work here isn't to daven. You have to match the mysterious Nefesh. And therefore, tell the Israel, march into the sea. Be Moshe Nefesh as well. And that's what they did. Whether it was a Shayyid bin Yamin or Nachshim bin Aminadov, Klai Israel jumped into the sea. They were also Moshe Nefesh. And that took the scars. That was the response to the mysterious Nefesh of power. And that's when he was to the third step of the Gola. We overcame the triumph completely. It's an amazing thing. In the parish itself, it's also the parish of the At the beginning, when everything bad has befallen you, and you find yourself in the lands of your enemies, so the first step is going to be to die. To be saved. From all the clawless that the Torah mentioned. But the second step is, The second step is you're going to return to Hashem and listen to Him. Tefillah can help avert the danger. Tefillah can help stop the punishment. But if you want to be saved, it has to be more than Tefillah. It has to develop to the second stage. There was a reason why the Yisraelim came. There's a reason why we're in Goddess. The Gola will only start when we get to the second point. We're here because we didn't obey Hashem. And when we listen to Him, that's when the Gola, that's when the Gola begins. And when, therefore, when the Shemaitz of Bukhari, we listen to Hashem, then Hashem will bring all the exiles back. From the ends of the world. Hashem will bring you back from there. And now it's an interesting point. Pasuk says first, Hashem will, so to speak, circumcise your hearts. Hashem with your whole heart and your whole soul, so that you should live. But then it comes back at the end of the parasha to the third stage of children. And it is, and we know from the word of Shema, B'chol Levavcha means with your Yetzir Tov and Yetzir Hara. B'chol Nafshacha means that even willing to be Moise Nefesh, even if you're taking What's the difference? At the second stage, when it says you're going to listen to Hashem, and love Him, B'chol Levavcha, B'chol Nafshacha, it's Leman Chayecha, in order to live. We understand that we're keeping the mitzvahs, we're going to obey Hashem, because that's the way we're going to be saved. That's the way to get life. Like in Mitzrayim. We obey the Hashem because that's the way to be freed. That's the way to get out of Godus. And that's the good. That's the necessary second stage. But it's not mysterious nefesh. We're doing it. We're doing this as the way to live. 
And therefore, it's only at the end of the parasha we get to the third stage. And we're going to return to Hashem. We're going to return to Hashem with our whole life, with our whole heart and our whole soul, the whole life. That's the Messiah's Nefesh. And that's the final stage of the of the Gurna. And why is this important to us? Because as we began, this is the paradigm for Gola, and we're going to have to go through that process too. The first stage is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings suffering, and when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings times of affliction. And the first step has to be to wake us up to Daven. And indeed, the Pekid Rabbi Eliezer says that Yishmael, that he was called Yishmael because he will cause Hashem to hear the Tvilis of Ka Yisrael. He'll cause Hashem to listen to Atfinus because the persecutions of Yishmael will call us to Daven. And Hashem will hear those Tvilis. And that's a good first step to stop the persecution, to stop the suffering. But it's not enough to bring the Gurna. We then need to follow it up with the second step. And we need to understand and why are these sufferings, why is this suffering happening to us? Why are we being persecuted by Yishma? And then it's to bring us to a stage of Vashamata Bakoli. We're going to go back to listening to Hashem too. That's the second part of the Gurna. But even that's not enough. Because if we have an enemy who's willing to be most in Nefesh, who's willing to blow themselves up, to kill themselves, it's for bad. But it's serious Nefesh. The one that's expected from us in order to bring the Gola is to match that serious Nefesh. We must be equally willing to be most in Nefesh. Because then that balances, so to speak, the the Taina, or the could be the force that they have in Jemaah. And therefore, when we get to the step, we also want to be most in Nefesh. Not just to accept the mitzvahs because that's what's good for us. That's how we're going to be redeemed. But to be most in Nefesh even more than that. That's what's unique about Shemesh Pesach. And that's when we get to the final stage of the Gola. When we free it completely and the enemy is completely destroyed. That's what we're celebrating in Shavish Pesach what happened then. And that's our anticipation for the good which will happen in the area of Yemen